but the documentary started rolling and I put my phone down and I was just captivated and I remember we both sat there in silence watched the whole thing and then the credits started rolling and we both kind of just turned to each other and went that looks cool let's let's do it that's Erin Carey and this is the powerful ladies podcast hey guys I'm your host Kara Duffy And in this episode, I am very excited for you to meet Erin Carey. She's the founder of the PR agency Rome, which she created on and runs from the boat she and her family live on while they sail the world. Yes, she is that cool. We discuss how she, her husband, and three kids ended up living on a boat, why we must go after a life that is truly our own design, how to get internet anywhere in the world, very important for those of us who want to be roaming entrepreneurs, and what it really looks like when we say yes to the universe, both the good, the bad, the hard, and the awesome. Welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I would love to begin. Please tell everyone listening who you are, where you are in the world, at least right in this moment, and what you're up to. Sure. Uh, my name is Erin Carey. Uh, I am the director and founder of Rome Generation, a PR agency for travel and leisure and luxury brands. And currently I am sitting on a boat because I live on a boat and it's, it's our full-time home. And our home at the moment is in Monasty, which is in Tunisia in Africa. Amazing. So of course, myself and everyone else listening has a million and one questions based on that share. Um, But (laughs) before we get into all the travel bits and why you're on a boat, tell me, how did you start your agency? And what's what surprised you most about that since you started it? Well, would you believe that it's actually the travel that came first and the agency that came second? So I honestly put it down to the fact that uh, my husband and I uh, took a lot of courage and guts to get to where we are and good things really happened because of that. We were rewarded mm-hmm. and things fell into place. Uh, essentially, my PR agency uh, happened quite organically while we were travelling by a boat around the Caribbean. Uh, one of the largest sailing YouTube channels in the world, SV Delos, actually asked me to do some work for them. At the time, I was doing some freelance writing. And now prior to heading off on our boat, I wasn't a writer. I never dreamt that I was good enough to be able to write. But I did manage to be able to become a writer and sold plenty of articles and still do. And uh, while I was out and about, I asked SV Delos if I could interview them for uh, an article and they obliged. And then, yeah, a few weeks later, I got an email from them just saying, hey, would you mind doing some like promotional work for us? And I just couldn't believe it. That was just this amazing lucky break for me because they were like our idols. We had actually spent two years watching them on YouTube, uh, learning all about this crazy boat life that we're doing at the moment. So uh, one thing kind of led to another. I had my first client and then it grew from there. I realized I actually really love this. I I like it more than writing and I'm better at it. I'm really good at it. I, it's kind of comes natural to me. I love the hustle. I love the connecting and uh, thinking, you know, how can I make this work and not taking no for an answer? It really suits my personality. So 
Uh, once I realised that this was something that could sustain our travel full time, because originally our travel was only a sabbatical, uh, but once I came across this opportunity to start a PR agency afloat, uh, it became reality that we could continue doing this uh, full time and indefinitely. Now, I'm not saying that we will do it indefinitely, but we have the option. So it's always nice to have some options. Uh, and so now I run my PR agency full time from my yacht. Uh, now, it's not a super yacht. <laughs> it's just a regular 47-foot, uh, like 1980s boat. Uh, however, I have uh, an office space, dual screens, all the latest equipment. Uh, I've got internet everywhere we go. Obviously, if there won't be any internet, we can't travel to where, you know, to that place, but that's fine because pretty much everywhere has internet these days. And I, I'm able to run it remotely, 100% remotely, staffed by remote um, digital nomads also who are in different, different parts of the globe traveling as well. And my clients are also all remote. I've not met most of them uh, in real life. So it, it's, it's great. And I get to use my creativity and my drive and entrepreneurial kind of side while also traveling the world and spending time with my family, which is the whole reason that we chose to do this in the first place. So much of that share checks all the boxes of things that I care about. So my questions, I think are just going to expand, not get fewer <laughs> as this goes on. <laughs> Um, but, you know, while we're thinking about you and your clients, what type of people do you work with and, and who is a perfect fit for you? Yeah, so it's taken me a while to figure that out. At first, mm -hmm. I probably niche too quickly. And sometimes you can niche yourself out of a job if you get too tight too quickly. And so at the start, I was like, well, I'm doing a really great job for this sailing YouTube channel. Maybe I'll just keep doing sailing YouTube channels. I mean, there are thousands of selling YouTube channels out there, but not that many of them can afford to have a publicist for starters. Mm -hmm. Those that can, you know, they might only be the top 50 or something. And then there's only so many publications that you can tell the same kind of stories over to. So pretty quickly I realised that the, that wasn't the right niche for me, but I knew that I wanted it to, to be something to do with travel because that's mm -hmm. my passion. If I was running a PR agency for uh, say, you know, a makeup brand or a baby and children's product or something, I wouldn't mm -hmm. have the same level of passion. And that's what gets me the results that, you know, gets our whole team the results with the Royal Travellers, we're all passionate about that. So our ideal clients are people, or, sorry, businesses, brands, companies, um, mid-size companies that are a little bit different, you know, living life mm -hmm. differently, uh, a boutique uh, camping experience in Africa or a cycling company that has tours that cycle around Iceland, or an app that's created for digital nomads to find mm -hmm. accommodation, uh, or a charter yacht company uh, based in the Maldives. You know what I mean? Something a bit different that's to do with travel, luxury, leisure, and that, that appreciates the fact that we run from a boat, not sees it as a... Uh, a negative but actually as a positive and it really is positive because I find I get a lot of um, interest from journalists if I kind of just throw, throw a sentence in there that oh you know by the way I'm writing from Africa or I live on a boat I run my PA agency from a boat I always get replies and mm -hmm. it, it it definitely works well 
and often uh, I'll get myself in a publication and then I'll be able to also um, say to the journalists, is it okay if we include a few clients or because I've been in, in it once, I'll get my clients in next time type thing. So, yeah, there's a lot of bonuses for working with us. That's just a couple of them. Uh, but, yeah, it's, um, it's I, can't, I still kind of pitch myself that I've been fortunate enough to create this mm-hmm. lifestyle and this agency, which I am really, really passionate about. Well, for everyone who is listening and not watching this episode, the more you talk about it, the bigger your smile gets. <laughs> so you really see as you're sharing, you're like, you're it's literally like radiating, like, yay, like this is my <laughs> life. This is what I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I never, I knew deep down that something would come up for me. I had no idea what it was, but I could never have predicted this. To be honest, five years ago, I, I didn't even know what PR was. So it's funny that how, how life works out, but yeah, pretty stoked by it. Well, I think it's a great segue to go to what was life like before the business, before the boat? Give us the background story so we can kind of see from where you went to where you are today. Yeah, so look, life was good. It was normal. It was happy. It was certainly nothing wrong. Maybe was something missing, perhaps, but, you know, I probably wouldn't have been able to put my finger on it. Uh, we were just a regular family, middle income in the suburbs, three children, both worked full time, had big mortgage, two cars, you know, like pretty pretty regular. Mm-hmm. We were, were Australian. We lived in Australia and I... Um, I am aware that that obviously comes with certain privileges. We have a, a visa and a passport that allows us to travel to a lot of different places in the world. And so I'm not saying that everyone could do what we do, but I like to kind of stress that we weren't wealthy in our own right. We weren't given any money by our parents. We were just regular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I worked for the Australian government. My husband also did. Uh, we were public servants. We had very comfortable jobs with good benefits. Uh, and in a sense, that's kind of, that kept us trapped in a way because mm-hmm. I was always too scared to leave. And I thought about it so many times, but then I'd get pregnant and, you know, stay because there was, you know, the good maternity leave or we knew we were going to go overseas in a year. So I'd stay because the work was going to give me leave of absence or, so there were so many reasons for me to just never leave. And before I knew it, I'd been there for 17 years and, you know, even saying it out loud, I'm like, why did I stay so long? That just is not me at all. I, it's, yeah, it's too safe. So anyway, I did stay for that long. And uh, one evening we uh, had put the kids to bed as a parent, you know, how it is when you finally get to sit down at night, you're exhausted and you just kind of want to veg on whatever's going on Netflix. And I was just looking through my phone and my husband chose a documentary. We didn't discuss it. He just put on whatever. I probably wasn't even planning on watching it. Uh, but the documentary started rolling and I put my phone down and I was just captivated. And I remember we both sat there in silence, watched the whole thing, and then the, the credits started rolling. And we both kind of just turned to each other and went, that looks cool. Let's let's do it. And it was a documentary called Maiden Trip by Laura Decker, the youngest girl to ever have sailed around the world. At the time, she was about 14, which is just insane to think, uh, you know, I still don't know how she did it. We're out here now and it just seems crazy. I personally feel like I couldn't do it at my age or like at her age. So <laughs> amazing lady. And actually, uh, interesting story, when we uh, were in the Azores, 
earlier this year, we uh, were in the marina. We had just returned to our boat. We'd been back in Australia for 18 months because of the coronavirus. And uh, Laura, boat, Laura Decker's boat was there. And uh, my husband kind of came back in the dinghy and said, oh, Guppy, what's that boat, Guppy? And I was like, are you serious? That's Laura Decker's boat. He goes, yeah, it's, it's just over there. Like, why are you not more excited about this? This is amazing. He goes, I'm sure she's not on board. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you're probably right. Anyway, we went up to the boat and quickly all jumped in our little dinghy and drove over and went and knocked on the hull. And sure enough, she was there. And so we got to see her in person, speak to her, thank her, tell her, like, you are literally the reason that we've changed our whole lives. Mm -hmm. She invited us on board, gave us a tour of her boat and everything. So that was pretty special. But I also had another really serendipitous moment just the other day. And that's the thing, like, these things happen all the time. Mm -hmm. I have found since we decided we wanted to do this big thing, there were so many little moments. I can't remember them all, but so many moments would crop up where I'd be like, this can't be just a coincidence or this is too much of a coincidence for this not to like meant to be. It's like the universe conspired to make our dream come true. But just the other day I had an article published in Cruising World. I actually wrote it about two years ago. It was just finally published. And um, somebody, the only one person wrote to me, I mean, every now and then someone emails and comments on the article and he just said, um, my advice is just to keep going for as long as you can because I did it with my three sons who were similar age as yours 25 years ago on our boat called Northern Magic. And I was like, Northern Magic, why does that ring a bell to me? And then I realised that that was a book that we read while we were back in Australia in between deciding do we sell our boat, do we keep going, you know, we're back home now and it's comfortable and maybe we shouldn't tear the kids out of school again and what do we do? Mm-hmm. And it was a winter's night, you know, and I, I think we just started reading this book to the kids. And, yeah, that was the book that after a few chapters I kind of just turned to my husband and said, because I remember my eyes were welling up as we were reading it because mm-hmm. the emotions were so strong of remembering, like, what it was like living on the boat and being together and being free. And, yeah, that was the book that made us go back to We'll come back to our boat and he reached out to me little, little did he know that he had had a, a major kind of impact on our um on the trajectory of our life as well so again there's so many little things that crop up along the way which I think makes you feel like you're in the right right place doing the right thing having done hundreds of these episodes at this point and working with all the the entrepreneurs that I work with I am continually amazed at how those moments show up more and more and more and they show up for anyone choosing the life that they always thought they wanted. These entrepreneurs and these people who take the risk to to live a life that is truly their design. Like you said, I think there is this element of the universe being like, yes, you're finally going to play. You're finally going to do it. Like I, I, whatever forces there are in the universe, but they tend to get bored. I think they are bored by us choosing ordinary. So the second that we don't, they're like, yes. Okay. Let me remind you it's safe. Like keep going. And so many people have these stories of these little golden nuggets along the way that allow them to be like, okay, I made the right choice. Okay. It's going to work out because it's scary. You know, deciding to, I'm assuming you sold a bunch of things and bought a boat and you're like, what the hell are we doing? (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, totally. We did. We did all of that. Uh, so the first time around, we rented our house out, uh, but we bought a boat sight unseen from the other side of the world. We weren't sailors. We'd never owned a boat. We didn't have any savings uh, to buy a boat. So we were in no position to have made this happen, but we figured out a way and we did it. And uh, so it took us about two years and two months from watching that video uh, one night to flying out of Australia on one-way tickets to the Caribbean. And when we first arrived, we literally didn't know how to move from point A to point B. We had bought a little trailer sailor in the lead up. So we'd practice, we'd learnt how to sail, you know, on smaller boats. And my husband was very technically minded, or is very technically minded and capable. And he knew that he would be able to do all the maintenance and everything. So I think it's important that you at least have um, somebody who is, is able to do all of that because that's a big part of living on a boat. Um, but yeah, when... To make it happen, we had to make a stack of sacrifices and we uh, sold a stack of year, sold all of our cars. But then after, because it was always a, a sabbatical, so after two years, actually just before two years, we ran out of money and we, we had to go home essentially. But soon after we arrived home, the coronavirus struck as well. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> not only were we home, but we were trapped and we still owned our boat over, it was left in the Azores, which are little islands off the coast of Portugal. So she was sitting there waiting for us and what was going to be six months, I mean, in hindsight, six months probably would never have worked. We would never have had enough time to save enough money and for me to get my business like really off the ground. So it, everything happens for a reason. Uh, we ended up being home for 18 months and it was perfect for me to really get my business uh, established and to be making enough money to support us financially. Uh, but the, we had to make a decision. Do we keep our house or do we sell it? And in the end, we just sold our home. So we sold absolutely everything. Uh, we've got a few boxes in a cellar at, at my mother-in-law's house. But other than that, we we are free out here essentially. And, um, yeah, it's look. I'm not going to say that it's perfect because it's really not. And it's, that's been part of our journey and our lesson mm -hmm. of learning, okay, well, we've done this amazing thing and we're supposedly living out a dream life. Why, why isn't it dream worthy? I mean, it looks like it is on, on Instagram and on paper, yeah. but you have the same challenges out here as you do back home. So it's been part of our story, I think, is also figuring out what, what if, our, if this is in our life, what else, how else can we redesign it and what what will it look like next or how can we make this one better? Mm -hmm. And it might sound like a little bit, I don't know, like we're ungrateful to others maybe, but I think just because it does seem like it it, it should be perfect doesn't necessarily mean that it is. <laughs> so, yeah, I can elaborate on that a little bit more, I guess. Um, one of the biggest challenges is having children that uh, this time around there are no other kids uh, around so they've gone eight months and we've met two other boats that have children aboard and they were only for about three weeks in Spain mm -hmm. so that's been really hard having three boys without any other children to play with to socialize with and connect with uh, 
And they're older this time around, so they're not backwards, they're coming forwards, they're telling us that they're bored and they want to go home or they want to be with their grandparents and their cousins who, you know, they remember more this time. The first time around they were younger and didn't have much of an opinion. <laughs> um, so there's that challenge. Uh, and then there's also the challenge that my husband, uh, I'm the, uh, the breadwinner, I guess, now, so we've completely switched roles. I mean, we were both breadwinners back at home, but he had never not worked. And now he homeschools the children, looks after the house and maintains the boat. So that's a like a very big change for him. Mm-hmm. And it's I certainly am glad that I have this role because, you know, I love my job. So it makes it easy yeah. for me to come to work every day. Whereas, mm-hmm. honestly, he has the kind of rough end of the bargain with his job because homeschooling is super difficult for mm-hmm. us anyway. It doesn't come naturally. And then um, to also have the stress of maintaining the boat and everything. So that's a challenge that we're still trying to work around. And how do you solve that when I don't want to quit my business and he doesn't want me to either, but we can't exactly swap roles. And I don't have time to also add schooling the kids into this, like I'm working more than full-time as it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot to think about. And even if you've, like, we've got this far, yet we still haven't, quite figured it out and mm-hmm. I find that really kind of frustrating yeah there um I don't remember what episode it was on but we were I was talking to another entrepreneur and they were saying you know you see people they start their business and you're like oh they're at the top of the mountain she's like and then you start your business and you go oh I'm just at the bottom <laughs> like the perspective mm-hmm. keeps shifting where you know, we, from the outside and it looks like you've made it and then you're in it and you're like, oh my gosh, no, there's like another 10,000 feet we have to climb before we can get a view. And we were talking about embracing it as that's, we chose to jump in because we wanted the journey and we didn't realize how big of a journey. We didn't realize that we were going for Everest from the first jump. Um, and, and how we can keep changing that perspective and accepting that, every great choice we make is going to be the start of another mountain because, you know, that nervous feeling in our stomach is the fact that we don't know what we're getting ourselves into. And, you know, can we can do it though. How do we keep coming together? Exactly. I'm sure there's so many people who are listening to this who love travel, want to do this, whether it's a boat or a tiny house or just to figure out how to travel the world in general. And I think it's really interesting that you and your husband had the aha moment at the same time. Because I think often we hear people like trying to pull the other one into like breaking free. Um, Did it, it seems like it was very organic for the both of you to be like, yes, at the same time. And has it been that way? And is it just shifting now with the role changes? Or is it something that you guys have been kind of playing more of a tennis match than, um, you know, on the same page all the time? Yeah, good question. Look, it it that's what makes this story so crazy that it, it actually was the fact that we both went, let's do it together at the same time. You know, that that's to me is crazy because how does that happen? Um, you know, most people it probably would have been the, the husband that suggests that and the wife would be like, Hell no, I'm not living on a boat and that would be <laughs> the end of it. So uh and then throughout the journey, like we had to be really dedicated or we never would have pulled this off because we had to make a stack of sacrifices to get Mm -hmm. here so I think uh, 
while we were pretty much both on board equally the whole way, there were probably moments where it just felt too hard and I wanted to quit or he wanted to quit. Luckily, it never happened at the same time. So if someone kind of felt that way, the other one would be like, come on, we can do it and cheer them on. And a few days later, they'd be back to on board. So that's definitely the process to getting out to the boat. Uh, since being on the boat, uh, look, it's full of ups and downs. It's mm -hmm. really, really hard. It's definitely the hardest thing we've ever done. Um, but we came back. So, like, that, it obviously shows that it's also the best thing we've ever done. But it doesn't come without enormous challenges. Mm -hmm. But we have to remind ourselves that living at home also has challenges. They're just different kind of challenges. I remember when we went home in the middle of um, our journey when the coronavirus happened and we had to go back to regular life pretty quickly. The kids went straight back into school, same school. We had to quickly buy a car. We had to, we both started working full time again. And we had sport commitments, play dates, mm -hmm. christenings, birthdays, you know, regular life things. And I was like suffering from anxiety. I would just felt so overwhelmed by everything and thought, how did I used to do this? And how do other mums do this? This is mm -hmm. a lot. And so, you know, it's just kind of like, which hard do we want? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where we're at at the moment. We, we know we're not ready to sell the boat just yet, but we don't know what it's going to look like in the future because I just don't know if we can keep doing homeschool. Mm -hmm. And you, then you kind of ask yourself, well, are we quitting? We're not quitters. We don't want to quit. But then sometimes you have to know when to quit and to say when things aren't working for you, especially for your mental health and mm -hmm. to do what's right for your marriage and everything. So, uh, yeah, look, it's, it's, um, it is amazing and we love it. And for all I know, we could still be doing it in five years' time. That's the beauty of it. I honestly don't know how long yeah. we'll be out here. We keep saying that we're going to do it for as long as it's fun. And at the moment it's a little bit less fun, but I know that, this does go in cycles and mm -hmm. uh, in, a, in about a month's time we head off to Italy and because because being Australian we can only be in the in in the EU for three months and then out for three months so we're now out of the EU period for three months we're in Africa it's different you know probably a bit of culture shock there's not a lot for the children mm -hmm. to do and we're hoping that once we get back into the EU we'll go to Sicily there's meant to be other kids that are going to be there and uh We'll fall back in love with the boat again and we'll be like, yeah, let's do it. And we'll, we'll go for another, another couple of years. But mm -hmm. I also wouldn't be surprised and I keep putting this out to the universe. And I've said this from day one. I remember people would be like, well, oh, how long are you going to sail around the world for? And I'd be like, who knows? Maybe one year, five years, 10 years, maybe something will crop up along the way. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of willing that something crops up. And I, I'm thinking, I can imagine us like manage a hotel or I can imagine us renovating a property and making it into an Airbnb or flipping real estate or something, something, something will come up, I'm sure. And then we'll know that, that we'll move on to the next part or maybe we'll do, and this is a, the beautiful thing. We have options. Maybe we could do six months on the boat and six months off the boat. Maybe something like that would work out. But for now, we're just going to keep taking it as it comes and Really, I really make it a point to remind myself how fortunate we are to be out here, how amazing our life is. Um, you know, we're in Africa. We went to the Sahara Desert a couple of weeks ago. We travelled up to Tunis, the capital, and 
experience things. We're going to do a cooking class next week. Um, we're really fortunate and making the most of being out here, especially during coronavirus time, because um, the rest of Australia is stuck and pretty much locked down back in Australia. So, yeah, very grateful. Well, a couple of things popped up for me when you were sharing all of that. <clears throat> One is I have to connect you to another past guest who she and her husband um, divide their time between Paris, the French Alps, and Corsica. And they're part of a big race in Corsica every year, a boat race. Um, so mm-hmm. you'll we'll have to um, plenty of stories. She's a writer. She's also, honestly one of the people when I grow up, I hope it could be as cool as she is from like talking, <laughs> writing about fashion and rock and travel. Um, but then there's also so many places in Italy now who are trying to sell their whole towns for like exactly. 10, 20 grand. And you're like, well, we bought a boat. Maybe we just buy a town. <laughs> exactly. And that's the beauty of this thing. Those crazy things don't feel so crazy anymore. Mm-hmm. And those big, hairy, scary goals don't seem as hairy and scary anymore. So yeah. if nothing else has come from this, it's the fact that we now have the courage to do different things and see what happens. And mm-hmm. from what we've learned, I mean, sure, sometimes we might fail but if if it's feeling like it's aligned and it's like your sole purpose generally it works out because the universe just figures out a way for it to work for you I love that you know part of the balance I think as well or or the challenges when you choose to go your own way is that we can get caught off guard by how not supportive family and friends are because they're they're worried about us it's all from from love ultimately but it's fear first with love underneath it when you told your friends and family you guys were doing this how did they react and and how did you manage their concerns and expectations as well yeah look they they were definitely worried at the start I remember it was uh, my family Christmas lunch it wasn't Christmas day but it was probably a week before Christmas we were all sat around the outdoor table and I said oh Dave and I have an announcement to make and they're like no oh, you're pregnant I'm like no no definitely not pregnant no more children um but we said we're actually gonna buy a yacht and sail around the world and everyone practically spat their drinks out and then everyone <laughs> started laughing and then my sister said that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard and we were were like devastated we were so excited and pumped I mean in hindsight of course they were never going to be like that's amazing you take our grandchildren away and risk your life sailing across the ocean but kind of think that's what we were hoping um but you know what that just made me 10 times more determined after Mm -hmm. that it was like failure is not an option we are making this happen just so I can prove them wrong um, <laughs> so they came around my side particularly my dad is actually a sailor nothing like what we're doing but he's a sail dinghies and he got it I suppose probably like this long-held dream that he was never able to do uh back in you know his time it was just you know we didn't have the finances to do it but it just wasn't something that we could ever have done um so I think he's he's really happy and excited for us both of our mums were were worried and still do worry I think they've both kind of gotten used to it now um Mm -hmm. but probably even up until a month or two beforehand my husband's mum wouldn't really even acknowledge it or talk about it she kind of just acted as though it wasn't happening and then again she's like I guess I better accept that you're leaving and yeah so she came around but 
I have definitely heard that other people have some very adverse reactions. Luckily, our family overall was supportive, worried but supportive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it, like you said, it either makes you more determined to like prove everyone wrong, or I think it also allows you to realize how much you know it's the right thing to do. You know, there's a difference between intuition or thinking or feeling like sometimes you just know that's it. That's what we have to do next. And it's, I get so much peace from that feeling because there's so many times that I do make decisions and I'm like, oh, that's like an 80 percenter. We'll figure it out. But when Mm -hmm. you just know deep down, like that's exactly what we're supposed to do next. It's, it's so calming. And I think that we, we need that adversity in our, our own little hero's journey to allow it to sink in deeper for us. Cause we have plenty of voices in our own head telling us that we're insane. <laughs> so it's it's nice when we hear it outside and we're like, oh no, we're sure. We're sure about this one. Yeah. And I do base a lot of my decisions on my gut instinct. And I only asked my husband the other day, I was like, does everyone do that? Do you do that? He's like, I don't actually really even know what you mean. So he, he doesn't make his decisions that way, which is, I find unusual, but I really do know that, and I think that's how I look at this, like deep down I know what we're doing is right, especially for the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that when they're adults they're going to look back and they're going to go, thank you so much, Mum and Dad, for doing that. Like we had this amazing childhood. We grew up on a boat sailing around the world. Like who does that? And it's going to shape them and they're going to be a uh, problem-solving, entrepreneurial, um, challenge challenge taking risk taking individuals because of that so when when sometimes I'm doubting that we're not giving them the best education or they're bored I mean is there even really anything wrong with bored I think we've just kind of come to think children should never be bored um but yeah deep down I know that that we're doing the right thing and it's a nice feeling Mm -hmm. well it just feels nice to be living intentionally Right. Because there's so often that we wake up and don't remember why we chose this job or this town or this house or this life sometimes. And to know that you you chose each piece of it because you had to. (laughs) And yeah, and you and it's I think it just gives a little bit more of that. There's that weird balance of. Of freedom and confidence that comes from going through all those exercises And especially when you have to downsize and choose what's going to, not just things, but like what's going to come into this next life because you're rattling off all the things when you went back, you know, and all those things don't make it on a boat. (laughs) They just don't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And that's our future life is going to be built piece by piece out of intention rather than well, this is just where I grew up. So this is where we'll live. And well, I got this job, I guess I'll just stay here and work up the ladder. And, you know, that's kind of how you make decisions in the rat race. And that's Mm -hmm. fine. I hate to think that people think that I'm judging the rat race. I'm definitely not, but I've, I, I just can't see myself going back to that, at least not yet. Uh, mm-hmm. if if that's down the track what we decide is best for our family then I'm gonna definitely make the most of it and I'm sure I'll be happy again in the rat race but for at the moment I'm thinking well if we do settle down somewhere else we're going to get to choose what town that's in and we're going to choose where 
whether we get the enormous mortgage and mm-hmm. have the nice house, or maybe we'll just get a small house and a small mortgage because we don't need that. We we value, yes. uh, you know, having money. I mean, sorry, having time and not needing <laughs> so much money <laughs> anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is exciting knowing that we're going to design our our future life. I suppose. Would eight year old you have predicted this life? Never. At eight years old, I used to get dragged along with dad to sailing lessons. He used to teach learn to sail lessons. And I was mortified because the cool kids were in their speedboats. And here I was with dad in like, you know, those hats with the flaps at the back and zinc on my nose and wearing like, you know, really old faded life jacket in little dinghies and the cool kids were in their wetsuits and in with their stereos blaring in their mm-hmm. speedboats. And I used to get teased at school. My nickname was Sailor Girl. <laughs> like crazy that it's turned out that, okay, I'm a Sailor Girl now. It's not actually that offensive. Um, but, yeah, no, I couldn't have predicted even uh, 24 hours before mm-hmm. we watched that, that show on Netflix if you had have told me that, that tomorrow you're going to watch a, uh, a movie on Netflix and completely change your life and buy you on the other side of the world, I would have been like, did we win the lottery? Because that's insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, of course, you're in the Powerful Ladies podcast and, and you were nominated to come on here because of you choosing to live your life intentionally and, and choosing both the boat life and entrepreneurship and everything that's gotten to you from there to here and how inspiring that is for other people. When you look around at your world, who are the people or the women who have really inspired you along the way and encourage you, like give you the confidence to keep going? It's a good question. Uh, I remember what in the lead up to doing this, we actually had some international students live with us for weeks, months at a time. They would pay rent to us and that was the way that we saved up. And I went to one of their graduations and someone was talking about success and who in your mind is successful. And at the time, and it's funny because I asked my husband afterwards and I think he was actually thinking of the same people. Uh, It wasn't anybody famous. It wasn't um, anyone well-known. We both thought about the family who had given us coaching to help us get out to do this job I mean to do this lifestyle they had set up a coaching business online called Sail Totem and they help families like ours go from basically zero to sailing and we both thought you know what they are successful because they have created their life by design and we hadn't yet got out on the boat so that's I guess um I look up to people like that I actually, you know, I had a, I have a beautiful mum. My husband has a beautiful mum. Neither of them are anything like me. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, you know, I got, I definitely got loved and nurtured from them and I'm able to now love and nurture my own children, but they weren't driven or they're not driven at all. And they were happy with a very regular life, which hats off to them. That's, it's not for everybody. And I understand that. So I, I personally can only think of one other female that that inspired me, and it was just a lady that I worked with uh, mm-hmm. for most of those seventeen years, uh, and 
there was, I don't know what it was about her. I just liked her way and she probably taught me quite a lot because I started there when I was about 20, stayed there till I was probably 37 and I just learned a lot from her as well. But, you know, she wasn't doing anything that different or um, anything like this at least. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't actually tell you one person that, that's inspired me and I, I don't actually know how I got here really because <laughs> neither my husband or I have had these really influential role models and we mm -hmm. do talk about that sometimes that, you know, we kind of wish that we did but mm -hmm. we haven't. Yeah, we still figured it out ourselves anyway. When you hear the words powerful and the words ladies, what do they mean to you individually and what do they mean when they're sitting next to each other combined? When I found your podcast straight away, I disregarded the fact that it would be relevant to me because I, I'm not a powerful lady. I think of successful women in a, in a suit. So powerful, I think, of making a lot of money and making mm -hmm. a lot of big decisions. And ladies, well, uh, I like to think that I'm a lady, but I'm also a sailor. So I don't know if you can have two, those two go to Together. Uh, together, like I said, I wouldn't have predicted that I would be a fit for that um, type of podcast. But when I read mm -hmm. your description and heard all about it and then started listening, I was like, oh, wow, maybe I'm a powerful lady. So that was pretty special. Um, and then I started to appreciate that, you know, what, what we are doing. And I, I have to remember this because I often forget that what we are doing is really different and I think the longer you do it the, the the less impressive you find yourself I suppose until you meet someone like yourself because some of the other podcast interviews that I do they've interviewed other people that live on a boat and it's not perhaps so new to them but I'm actually maybe I'm the first person that you've had on that actually lives on a boat runs a business from a yacht as I sail the world and so when I talk to people like you who really do seem amazed by what we're doing, it, it reminds me that what we have done and have achieved and have managed to pull off so far is is really amazing. And if mm -hmm. I can inspire even just one other person to to do something, it doesn't have to be living on a boat, it doesn't have to be sailing or even traveling the world, if it's traveling your state, if it's getting out mm -hmm. of the house because you have not left the house for a long time because of the coronavirus and you hear this and you're inspired to to go on a day trip, whatever it is for you that is a big step, like I just want to inspire you to to do that because I promise mm -hmm. you, you won't regret it. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it is going to work out. I'm not saying to do things uh, that are, are brash and... Um, I'm calculated, like we're very calculated. We researched everything. We put in a lot of hard work to get where we were. We didn't just buy a boat and sail away and it was all just fine. Like we did more than that. So by the time we sailed across the Atlantic Ocean, which we did after only 18 months of owning our boat, we were confident that we were going to be safe out there and obviously we were. Um, so I'm not saying that, but I am saying even if it seems crazy, and bigger than what you can do that's how that this felt to me and yet we still managed to do it so I'm confident mm -hmm. that that you can too yeah and, and it's, for me starting a business was multi-purpose but a huge part of it was all the freedom pieces where I can work from who I'm working with um how much or how little money I want to be chasing after 
And it's really interesting to me because that's always been part of me. I moved my whole life growing up. I've lived abroad, like travel and exploration is just part of who I am. And then to meet other entrepreneurs who aren't choosing that path for that purpose, I'm always like, really? (laughs) And why are you Mm -hmm. doing it? (laughs) Because it's, you know, to me, that's the benefit. And, And using this podcast and the other coaching programs I offer to like move people into that space of like really stepping into what they want versus just doing it to work from home or just doing it for something else. I'm like, no, there's so much more that you're not activating. Like we forget to believe things are possible and we forget to believe that you can have that whole combination. And I think some of the challenges like you were talking about earlier of should we keep homeschooling? How do we make this work? How do you and your husband balance your roles again? While they occur as challenges at first, I, I think those are the parts that allow you to create this a new creative box because you can keep asking, well, how do we have it all? Or how do we have as much of it as possible? Like, what would that look like? And I think it can be overwhelming when you can move anywhere in the world because there's not any pieces to make a creative choice from. But we can keep asking, how do we do it all? I was talking to a friend about what it would look like to travel just the U.S. um, for a year and work on the road. And they came back and they were like, you know, I love it, but I'm nervous about having a routine. Like, I want to make sure that I'm still eating healthy. I want to make sure I'm still able to, you know, work out because that, that matters to me. And so my head instantly went to, okay, how do we build in routine? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because, it, and and it may be that people like you and I, when we get determined, we're like, oh, it's happening. I don't know how exactly yet, but it's happening. Uh, so yeah. for, for everyone that's listening who there's a small seed planted of like, I should start dreaming bigger or I should start figuring out what's next. How would you tell them what's the next step they should take? What's step two? Yeah. And that's really how it starts for me. It's a seed and I feel this little sense of excitement and that's where I know to start leaning into something or I'll see the same kind of thing numerous times and then I'll be like, this is weird. Why have I seen four articles in random places about the same thing? And then I start looking into it, getting that little buzz of excitement and then it's funny, I do think that it is kind of that simple for me that I make the decision and then go, yep, this is happening. Obviously, when it involves my husband as well, it has to be a two-part decision, um, <laughs> getting him on board as well. Um, but I think after that, we work backwards. So we figure out what we're going to do. And then if you commit to that, like failure is not an option and it's non-negotiable, you're doing that. And mm-hmm. you speak about it like you're doing it. So don't kind of say things like, oh, if if we buy an RV and travel America, you're like, when we buy our RV and live in it for 12 months in two years' time, so set a date. It's really mm-hmm. important to set a date. Uh, don't make the date too far out that you're going to lose interest because it's going to take a lot of sacrifice and keeping that momentum going is difficult. We did it for two years and two months. Not sure I could have gone much longer because we like cut out 
all takeaway, all dinners, all buying of clothes. If we didn't need it for the boat, basically we didn't buy it. Uh, we had mm-hmm. international students living with us. We cancelled private health. We cancelled subscriptions. Like we we did so much and we saved up more money than we could ever have imagined possible. And it, we would have still been in the exact same position two years later had we not done that and thought that we didn't have any spare money. But it's amazing what you can find. Um, so that would be my advice for the next step is to commit to the dream, set a date, and then work backwards. Okay, to do X, we need Y. How do we get Y? How much is it going to cost to buy an RV? Google that, find out. Okay, $100,000, I have no idea, but let's say it's 100000 Figure out, can you remortgage your house? Can you rent it out on Airbnb? Can you rent out a couple of rooms in the next year or two to make more money? Uh, we took our children out of private schools and we put them into public schools. I, I applied for a promotion, probably wouldn't have bothered doing that, but it mm-hmm. forced me to, to do it and I got it and that brought in more money. And every time we saved a bit of money, every time we cancelled a subscription, we would set up a transfer for that extra $28 or $49 or $75 and it would just go. And we didn't really miss it because, well, it was going to Netflix or it was going to whatever anyway. We didn't have time to watch Netflix anymore because we were so busy getting ready for this journey. And then when we did sit down and watch TV, we'd just watch YouTube, watching all the sailing YouTubers, keeping us inspired and motivated. So that's another part of it. Uh, watch things that keep you on track, find someone. And this is, I think, the biggest key to success in both my business and in achieving this goal is find someone who's done it and either ask them to help coach you if they don't already coach people or copy what they did to get there. I'm not mm-hmm. saying obviously in a business you copy everything, but there are certain uh, like roadblocks to success and you don't need to reinvent the wheel. So yeah. as soon as I knew that other families were out there sailing the world, mm-hmm. our motto kind of became, well, if they can do it, why can't we? Mm-hmm. And so you're not going to be the first family that is managing to travel around America in an RV and you're not going to be the first family to live on a boat. So find some of those idols, follow them on Instagram, follow them um, on Facebook, pick their brains, send them messages. Like I get messages all the time from people and if I can just send something back that inspires them to keep going, then, you know, I'm sure plenty of other people also do the same thing. Uh, And then um, keep working backwards, figure out what else you need, what trainings do you need, what certificates do you need, what um, what are you going to do with your house while you're away, what do you actually need in your house? You'll start mm-hmm. to look at your property if you have one or your rental house or like any the stuff that you own, you'll start to look at it in a complete different way. Do I really need that vase? Like it just sits there. It does nothing. It achieves nothing. And I started <laughs> selling everything and no, no longer like being really interested. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love housing products. I love clothes. I love shopping. But for those couple of years, I was like, this doesn't serve me. This brings me no mm-hmm. um, uh it gets me no closer to being on the boat whatsoever and if I buy it it's actually going to make it another day or whatever until we leave because if I waste $100 on a rug or whatever that's $100 less we've got to spend in the Caribbean and it really was great motivation to to save up like I said we managed to save up $85,000 and to us that was just crazy money that we never mm-hmm. dreamt we would be able to save so um if we can do it, I'm pretty sure that plenty of other people can as well. Well, and I know a question that people ask all the time when they're trying to figure out how to pivot to working remote is how is internet available 
in all these places. So what is your specific internet strategy? <laughs> um, mine is really uncomplicated. I literally just buy SIM cards in different parts of the world and I hotspot off my phone. So I'm doing this whole Zoom interview on a hotspot from my phone. I'm in Africa and I... The other week when we went to the Sahara Desert, I worked on the car on the way home while my husband drove while we were driving through Africa and the internet was perfect the whole way. The internet is generally pretty amazing, you know, around most of the world, certainly everywhere we've been so far, it's been good enough to just work that way. We do have a like a, a 4G router, but we haven't actually had a need to use it Um we buy about three SIM cards at a time. One goes in my husband's phone, one in my phone, one in a kid's device. And we, I use mine. I try and not give the kids a password because last thing I need is for them to start playing a game while I'm on here now and curving the, the download speed or whatever. Um, but between us, it's it's been enough. Their school is online. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and my business, it requires good internet. I have Zoom meetings all the time and it's good enough. So if I can run my business and homeschool three kids and like we watch Netflix and everything, it, I, I can't see why everyone couldn't just do do it this way it, at, the, at yeah. the minimum. If you get an extra kind of device on top of this, then I can imagine it'll only be better, but mm-hmm. this works for us. I love it. That makes it instantly. I help. I heard everyone listening go, oh, it's that simple. Yeah. <laughs> It is. It really is. And I still see questions about this and people kind of make it more complicated than it is. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I'm sure if we travel through the Pacific, it wouldn't be this simple, but certainly in Europe, this is working right now. Fine. Yeah. I love it. Um, so of course we want to know what your life looks like in addition to work, right? Cause I, I always find it amazing no matter where you go in the world, people's days look pretty much the same. You're typically going to wake up, eat breakfast, have your day, you're working, you're having meals as a family. So what does your day look like and how do you stay motivated to be the mom you are and the boat girl that you are or sailor girl that you are and, you know, be this entrepreneur with the growing business? Yeah, look, it really isn't that different to home. And I know that's not very exciting to hear, but uh, I think what is what we've found works is for me to work um, uh, like a five-day week and have the weekends mm-hmm. off, not mm-hmm. rocket science, but, uh, and then that's the time when we try to travel. So it doesn't always work out weather-wise, but it actually has worked out a lot of the time that we stay somewhere during the week. Actually, we, we travel really slow, so we tend to stay in places for weeks, if not months at a time. And then when we do move, we sail on a weekend and then I start work again on the Monday. Or if we go away, like and when we go inland or tra- like travel overland, we'll just do it over the weekend. Um, and I can often take Monday or Friday off. And uh, that's the beauty of running your own business. Also, because I'm in Europe and most of my clients are in America, I can start work at two in the afternoon and Americans are only just signing on for the day and I can work mm-hmm. until midnight and my kids are asleep and it's quiet and I get like a lot done. Uh, so I do have that flexibility, which I love, but generally uh, I work regular hours, you know, eight till five. Uh, I stop for lunch. We try and go for exercise what, like at one in the afternoon. Um, so we're all kind of off the boat and mm-hmm. I'd say shaking this kids shake their sillies out because they go a bit stir crazy after a little while. Um, and then, it, it, you know, some people think, well, what's the point of living on a boat and traveling the world if you're just working all the time? And there, there is a degree of that, but 
I do also feel like I every all weekend I get to do something I mean we have a small boat so we don't spend a lot of time cleaning or maintaining Mm -hmm. the yards or anything like you do in a house um we also don't have all the obligatory events that you have to attend when you live on land parent teacher meetings and school you know council meetings and (laughs) things that you just have to fill your weekends with we don't have those so our weekends are literally free to just travel around and look around um but also like you know, at 4.30 or 5 or whenever I've finished work for the day, we can wander into town and go out for tea or, I mean, particularly here it's really cheap so we get the benefit of being able to eat out quite a lot uh, and there's still plenty of daylight hours where you can just mm-hmm. walk around the town and stuff. So I do feel like I still get to experience mm-hmm. uh, a great deal even though I work a lot of the time um, and if I need to take a day off tomorrow, I literally can and that's the beauty mm-hmm of having your own business. People could say the same thing about, you know, why, why work if you live at the beach? And you're like, yeah, but that's the thing. I stop work and I get to walk to the beach and I get to look at the beach through my window. And you, I think people forget how much you're in it. You know, like you can work from anywhere, but you're still there. It's still right out your front door. And with you, you actually get to feel it while you're working, right? There's a little, there's some rocking going on. You're really present yeah. to, to where you Quite are. Often this, this is like swinging back, back to, <laughs> but no, uh, we're in a marina at the moment. So that's not happening. It's nice and it's nice and still, but that's not fun when I'm like swaying side to side. And in summer it was like crazy hot in here and it was hard to, to keep working during those times. But mm-hmm. yeah, like I can, go upstairs and dive off my boat into the ocean I can do that whenever I want there's pending I don't have a zoom meeting within 10 minutes or even if I do I can just quickly jump up here and (laughs) dry my hair off and I'm online again you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. uh, I do have that but also like we've traveled for six months at a time where we didn't work and um, for the first year in the Caribbean I didn't work and you can you can have too much of a good thing like Mm -hmm. I don't want to not work. I love my job now and it gives me something that I need. It's it's actually not that fun having an endless holiday. I know that sounds no grateful like... or stupid or whatever, but it's it's not. And I needed more than that. So I okay, if I had my choice, perhaps yeah, I'd work one day less a week, maybe, or mm-hmm. two at the most. But I I don't dread going to work. So it definitely makes makes it easier for me. And and I think what I also find common between people who are living their best life by design, where we also tend to be project-based people where we need a, like we want the next project. Cause like you just spent, well, not just, but you spent two years planning for this big project. Now it's here. What's the next project? Because, you know, sometimes having powerful people bored is more dangerous for <laughs> the world uh than than not so i i really understand having that balance and i think you have in common with so many entrepreneurs that i work with where we're like okay it's working now it's successful how do we condense it how do we get that exact balance that we're looking for so yeah it's it's the normal process of of starting a business it's working now it's like okay let me get a little bit of my freedom back. How do we get that right optimization dialed? And, you know, I think you're such an inspiration for so many who are, have both know they want to be doing something different and they are hopeful that their thing is out there. Cause I think that's also an amazing part of the story 
you never imagined starting your own PR agency. You never imagined doing this business that you now love and supports your family's lifestyle. So we don't have to know all the answers. We don't have to know exactly what's next. And just, you felt that you knew something was coming. You just didn't know what. So I applaud you for proceeding into the dark hallway, waiting for the lights to turn on. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Isn't it exciting? Like if, if I couldn't imagine doing this, imagine what the next crazy thing is going to be. Like sometimes I joke to my husband, maybe we'll ride motorbikes across Africa. Or, and that's the thing, you know, you can just be crazy now and think up just ludicrous things because yep. we pulled this one off. So maybe we can do something else. So yeah, I totally agree with everything that you've said. Um, it's been really, really fun talking about it all. And I think that's the great thing about doing these podcast interviews is it helps you uh, but remember why you did all this, why you've worked so hard to get out here. And at the same time, I know what you mean about always like, what's the next goal? What's the next mm-hmm. achievement? And sometimes I think, is that a healthy thing? And I try to <laughs> right. remind myself to like, how about just sit and enjoy this? You've pulled this off. Let's not like rush to get the next achievement. Maybe it's not all about that. Maybe life's not about constantly achieving things. Maybe it's mm-hmm. about, you know, appreciating what you've got and uh, I'm really trying to be mindful about that at the moment when I know that you had some great quotes you wanted to share as well that for everyone listening um do you want to share those now yeah sure so I mean the one of my favorite ones is um, there is freedom waiting for you on the breezes of the sky and you ask what if I fall oh but my darling what if you fly and I just love that quote it's by mm-hmm. a woman also called Erin, Erin Hansen. And um, I loved that for the moment I saw it. And that I put that on my very first website, which is really old now, but still somewhere in the internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also love, like, they're just pretty basic motivational quotes, but it's a slow process, but quitting won't speed it up. And uh, a life without love is like a year without summer. And so you can see the, the, um, the, where I would have put the word I'm looking for, uh, the traits here. It's about positivity and summer. And this this next one is when you can't change the direction of the wind, adjust your sails. So I've thrown in a boat mm-hmm. one there as well. So yeah, they're applicable to my life. And I try and remind myself of those things. It has been such a pleasure to talk to you. I am so thankful that I got to start my morning with you. So I'm fully inspired on this Monday. I'm about to go into... Uh, the rise and thrive call I do with my group every week. And so I'm just going to bring all this energy there. Uh, So thank you for that. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's nice to not only see someone who has an affinity for striped shirts first thing, but but yeah, thank you for being a yes to powerful ladies, to sharing your story and to listening to your best life calling you. Thank you so much, Cara. I really appreciate you taking the time to interview me and for my name to be associated with a podcast called The Powerful Ladies. is It's something that uh, I'm really proud of and will never forget. For everybody who is also inspired by you, where can they find you, follow you and connect? Of course. So my business, Rome Generation, it's R-O-A-M, which also happens to be the name of our boat, is www.romegeneration.com. And on all socials, it's 
it's at Rome Generation. And so that's where you can connect with me for anything to do with um, public relations, for, like I said, travel, leisure and luxury brands. And then if you just want to hear, keep following along with us on our story, about our story, uh, it's Sailing to Rome. So Sailing, T-O-R-O-A-M. And that's, again, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and there you'll just find photos of our, of our journey and trials and tribulations of our crazy life sailing around the world with three kids on board. Amazing. Thank you so much. I can't wait to connect with you in the future and get an update. Thank you for listening to today's episode. All the links to connect with Erin are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com forward slash podcast. There you can also leave comments and ask questions about this episode. Want more Powerful Ladies? Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies, where you can also find free downloads to start being powerful today. Please subscribe to this podcast and help us connect with more listeners like you by leaving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or come follow me on Instagram at Kara underscore Duffy. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.